This is Rainbow Six Radio, bringing you the Next Generation Podcast for talk, news, and information for all things Rainbow Six. Welcome, everybody, to Rainbow Six Radio. I am Icy Cat, along with co-host Capdan, here to talk about just everything that is going on in the Rainbow Six community. And we are also having a lot of activity over on our Rainbow Six subreddit. So please join us over there if you haven't already, because that gives you guys a chance to interact with us and for us to, uh, you know, just hear what's going on in your minds. And we will have some community Q&A uh, that will come out of that in this episode as well, where we will pick a couple of questions. Uh, so if you haven't gone over there, please do so. Post a question, uh, post a thread, share a gameplay clip. Just let us know what's kind of uh, what you're interested in and what's going on. Captain, what's what's been going on with you lately, man? Nothing really, you know, just uh, living life, doing <laughs> stuff. Okay. Yeah, my life's my life's pretty boring right now, which is uh, I mean, okay, like, I guess there's worse problems to have, right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so we started a new segment last week called the pro tip. And, uh, we thought that that was received pretty well and it was a lot of fun to do. So last week I talked about a defensive spot on the map cafe. If yeah. you haven't had a chance to check that out, you can listen to that uh, from last week's episode, but, uh, we got something a little different this time. Yeah. Um, so today uh, we're going to do uh, an attacker perspective. Um, so I'm choosing to do uh, the map Outback. Um, and uh, the specific thing that I'm talking about is going to be attacking dorm. Second floor site um, and specifically attacking dorm from outside on the second floor, but not on the balcony, behind the balcony. Before, you know, before I found that this was a thing, you know, we would run up balcony, uh, you know, break that window open. And the second you started breaking that window open, you know, instantly people would start shooting at you. Now, to be um, clear, you're talking I, about the window that's at the top of the stairs. At the top of the stairs. Yep, right. Not the floor. one that's next to the vending machine that actually opens Correct. into like that shower, bathroom, whatever. So actually where you spawn on the camping site. Um, so the same side that the actual first floor door for um, the back stairs is. So when you run up those, the, the actual stairway that goes up to the balcony, it's that correct. window that's right there at the top of those yes, stairs. Yes, correct, okay. correct. Okay. Sorry. Um, so, you know, like I was saying, you know, you go up and you try to break that window down and people immediately start shooting you, whether it be from bathroom or dorms or, you know, other sorts of places. Um, and it was getting very frustrating. And one time, uh, I don't actually know what was going on, but I decided to, uh, repel up, um, kind of by that blue tarp. And I start going up and all of a sudden, you know, I see this little crack and I'm like, interesting. And I look through it and I can see the window perfectly. So I was like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I just, you know, shot at the window. So I did. And all of a sudden, you know, the defenders are shooting out on balcony, you know, uh, smoke through a smoke out. And I'm like, they can't see me at all. They can't see me, but I can see into dorm. Um, you can kind of see part of the bed um, and you can see kind of towards the hallway, um, towards bathroom. And, you know, I just uh, ADS and I saw some people and I started firing and they all thought I was still on the balcony. So they're not even looking at where I am. Not much of you showing. So, you know, flip it. And on the defender's perspective, um, you open up that window 
And right. You, you, are, you can actually be seen. You're not invisible. And if you look in the top but right corner from the window, you can kind of see where um, the wall kind of the, the metal wall has a kind of little break. And then there's a blue tarp. And in between, there's, you know, at least a spot where you can see part of someone's head. And that's that's where you're looking in. So if defense were looking out the window, if they knew where to look, they could they see could you. See you. They okay. could. OK, but they would have to know where to look. OK. And shooting through that, the the tarp is actually covering more of the metal wall. So actually, you can't get shot from there. They have to hit you in the head because that's all that's showing from their perspective. Exactly. Right. Okay, and I didn't mean to interrupt you on there. I just no, I didn't want people fine. to think that what you were describing was like a way that you could shoot at them and see them, but they couldn't shoot back at you and see you. Right. So, and, and another thing, um, if you do this repeatedly, like I have, uh, people start to catch on. There was a, a custom game that uh, Icy Cat and myself were <laughs> on opposite teams. Um, and it was, I think, what, like a week or two after I showed you that spot, and so I'm looking, you know, through through the dorm window and all of a sudden I put a claymore on that back stairs door. And that I protects your flank when you're on that position, because yep, that protects your flank if someone comes out, um, unless they are expecting it, because Icy Cat knows my game in and out, um, <laughs> unfortunately. So he was able to uh, quietly just break uh, my claymore and then run out before I even realized it. And he was able to kill me, um, which, it, you it, know, I will say from my perspective, like if I if you hadn't shown me that spot. You know, uh -huh. I would have, um, you know, I meleeed the Claymore so that it was like you couldn't hear the gunshot to know your Claymore was disabled. Exactly. Uh, but like I would have just popped out and looked up the stairs expecting to maybe see you putting pressure on the window. So if you right. hadn't showed me that spot, I would have just started back inside again and not realized where you were because from that door, that's a very covered position. Like I have to Absolutely. run out past the balcony uh -huh. and then look up in order to see you. I can't like be standing in that door or looking up those stairs and see you. I have to go out further to even know you're there. I just Correct. knew you were there because I know you were there. <laughs> so in, you know, kind of going back to the Claymore then, if, if you're able to pull this attack off, you know, frequently, people will start realizing, oh, Instead of just running out and shooting up the stairs, I actually have to go out farther. So what I've also found to be effective is if you take the Claymore and put it by the soda machine, so when they actually run around that corner, that's where the Claymore is, and then they get downed, and then you can just see them from your position. Interesting. So instead of putting it out of the door, you can put it out a little further if they do what I did. Yes. And because it's in the bright sunlight, that red laser becomes hard to see because it's actually outside exactly. in the sunlight. Exactly. Okay. And if, if you put it in the right angle, you don't have to have a ton of the laser out for them to get around the corner first because it'll go off right when they go around the corner. Interesting. I like and I like how that works. So, like, mm -hmm. you showed me your plan and then I, I exposed the flaw in it and then you refined it further. I like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, really, you don't need any specific operator. I would just say someone that you're comfortable with, um, especially when ADSing, um, 
Yeah. So I like to use Jackal, Finca, uh, Bucks Good. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I would say uh, my offensive pro tip uh, for attacking dorms and Outback. And I can confirm, you know, other than our like, you know, 1v1 custom match or whatever, like when I'm playing with you and I see you using that, I see you re- routinely getting kills from that position. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, in consecutive rounds, they begin yep. to know to look for it because they've been killed from it and they see it on kill cam. But like before that, like you're routinely able to get, you know, at least one or two kills from yep. just if that not spot. a couple, you know, maybe not an injure, but at least I can take, you know, hit points off of multiple people and then at least, you know, make it easier for everyone else. And then, you know, it makes it a little bit easier too, because if people aren't necessarily on the balcony, you know, and you're firing in that window and someone comes out on the back stairs and doesn't see anyone, you know, they're super confused. Right. So then that actually gives it a little bit better of a chance to have a good offense on that balcony with someone covering instead of just like you're, you know, in it for yourself. Right. And because they can only see your head, you're like 90 percent protected. Exactly. So it's like so solid of a position to hold. Do we know is um, do we know what the, the map pools are for Void Edge when it launches? Is, is Outback going to be uh. in there again? I don't remember. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. We'll have to. We'll. I'll look that up after this, and I'll put it in the um, Reddit after you post this. Okay. Okay. Because well, yeah, I'm gonna feel terrible of like, yeah, here's an aw- awesome attack pro tip. You're gonna have to wait an entire season to try it, though. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, if they don't have it in the map pool for the next season, I mean, there's terrorist hunt or custom games so you can at least practice practice it you know just practice (laughs) it but uh no it's a totally legit spot and uh so if that is in the map pools then come next week you know you might be able to use that and void edge does go live next week so march 10th march 10th when that's going to be coming out what do we uh what are we looking forward to the most you think once uh i mean because you know we've we've poked at it a little bit on the test server and we know what's there but like yep. once it goes live and it's out into the wild finally for all platforms next week, what, what are you most looking forward to? Um, honestly, I'm really excited to play Oregon. Okay. I really am. Yep. I think I'm right there with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's going to be so cool. I'm less I, you know, I know in the beginning we really talked about the operators and I was really excited for Oryx. I was really excited for him. And, I, you know, obviously I'm still going to play him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think just playing with both of them on the test server, um, I'm not as – I think some of some of the flair has worn off a little bit. Um, not too much. Like I, I'm still going to – I'm still going to play him. It's still going to be fun. But I just feel like uh, it's not – they're not they're not as exciting as I thought they would be. Mm. OK, uh, I do think that. And I've kind of said this in previous episodes, too, but I think that Oryx is very fun. I'm not sure how much I'll use him when like. Like, you know, we really need to pull the win. Like, I'm not sure right. he's my go to in that situation. But I mean, like it's he seems he's fun when I've played him. Like, I love jumping up hatches, even if it is like kind of superhero y. You know, it's still fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And for Yana, I think that there's some cool opportunity there to kind of scout things out 
Um, so, you know, I'm going to kind of, I want to, I want to play her more, uh, and just kind of get a better feel for her. But I, I, you know, I think I'm looking forward to a lot of things with the new season, but I'm with you on like Oregon, just like, yeah, some of those sites just look so so, fresh. Yeah. And I love how they've captured and only a couple of maps have managed to do this when they've been reworked. Like canal just feels like it's just a completely new map, you know, completely. But then you look at something like uh, Clubhouse, right? And that feels like it still feels like Clubhouse, even though right. like that whole upper floor is completely changed. And even though Bar has changed, you know, it's like it's there's still core. There's so much of the core that's still there. And I feel like that's kind of present with Oregon, too, where it's like so much of the core is still there. Uh, and there's more changes to Oregon than there was to Clubhouse. But I even with all the changes like I might be a little confused, like, wait, this hallway goes a different way now or something like that. But like when I'm running around the map, I never like lose Don't my know where you are. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In general, it's still kind of the same blueprint. It's just a little bit more polished. Right. I would. I yeah. do admit, though, I think that the one that throws me the most is when I'm in main hallway and I'm expecting to to like go into kitchen through that side door that used to be like right next to um the meeting hall door so you go down just a little further and that's not there anymore so i think that one will probably kind of throw me the most when i'm trying to get into kitchen like oh yeah i can't do that (laughs) yeah or or um the um the ladder in uh meeting room or whatever i am so sad that they took out ladder yeah it you know it, it is what it is but yeah i feel like there is a lot of really good clutch moments on that ladder. Okay. I'm going to make a prediction here. Okay. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think that the ladder was taken out because with the layout change, like, so before meeting hall was secured in that upper attic section on either end. Right. But now attic is only secured on the one end and the other end is open right so there's more reason to have traffic going through there in both directions whereas before attack had to breach to get into it It was essentially like part of the meeting hall site like it didn't count a secure area or whatever but it was like it was still in i don't know i guess i would say their jurisdiction and now it's way more open. So now this is an area where attackers can run through just as easily as defenders, and it's a common rotation point. So, you know, even if attackers are on a different part of a map, attackers could go up through that ladder if it was still there. And here's why I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Uh, a, a good friend of ours that no longer really plays the game anymore invented, uh, well, he didn't invent it, but, you know, he he really got me going on the kick. I'm sure other people also did it. But he got me going on the kick of how you put a frost trap at the top of the ladder. Mm -hmm. And this is fantastic on plane, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Kind of a bonus pro tip, maybe. Um, Yeah, go for it. (laughs) So uh, he'd put the frost traps on the top of the ladders. And then what would happen is you'd be going up the ladder. You know, you'd just be holding up or, you know, um, you know, on the keyboard or on the joystick, whatever it is you're using. And so you're just holding that button to go up the top of the ladder and it's so easy to miss that there's a frost trap there. And as you go into the animation to kind of like lift yourself up over the last step, you see it there, but the animation is carrying you into it. Right. And so I think that ladders are kind of going away 
in future map reworks and in future map designs, you're not seeing as many of them. Um, now they're still present. The ladders are still present in um, the redesigned red tower. Right. Uh, but that's because there's no way to do stairs uh, to get Correct. up to that way high section in red tower. Like you have to have a ladder for that, but uh, it's, and that's also not a rotation ladder, right? Like right. defense can go up there and they can do a reverse peak on the roof from that position or something like that. But you're not seeing like attackers and defenders commonly flowing through uh, a rotation point. That's sort of like a dead end of the map. Right. Um, so I would bet like if I don't know if plane will ever get a rework, but I bet if it does, they take those ladders out. <laughs> I I really hope you're wrong. I do. Yeah, I, because I think that's just one more thing that people are like, oh, well, that's unfair. So, no, take it out. So, right. You know, that's kind of my fear i hope i'm wrong i hope you're wrong too but <laughs> a lot of times you're not so thank thanks for ruining the game no i'm kidding <sighs> i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> so um i guess some other news it's not really big news um but for all of you out there that have friends that are maybe interested in playing the game um but don't want to drop i don't know how much the game is like 25 30 bucks or whatever um to play it just yet um this weekend march 5th through 8th um is a free-to-play weekend um and you know they do that every once in a while but um yeah the weekend before um void edge is gonna be a free weekend so if uh if you have friends that haven't played or for some reason if you're listening to this podcast and if you've never played the game before this weekend's your chance I wonder why somebody would listen to the podcast if they've never played the game, though. I <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not impossible. I, I never thought I never <laughs> thought we would get to a place where you would just question everything I say. I <laughs> here. I thought we were friends. <laughs> um, but OK, so getting back to the free weekend thing, right? That's they do kind of do that typically before a new season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, encourage some player growth and some things like that. Uh, I will say that I feel like a lot of people have the opinion that if they haven't played the game by now, the reason behind it is probably not that like they've never heard of it or that right. they meant to give it a shot and just hadn't got around to it. I mean, we're going into the fifth year here. Uh, it's more so that they feel like the game has a reputation for having such a steep learning curve that they're kind of scared to get into it. Like it's got this reputation for like, oh, like people are just like, I'm, I mean, I think a lot of people can agree that people that are playing, if you go back to like year one, that were playing at like a platinum level then are probably like a low gold level now or right. maybe even a high silver level now. You know, like so the game has just become so much more aggressive over time. And, th and that's not a bad thing for those that play the game. But right. what it can be is it can be an intimidating barrier of entry for people that have kind of heard like, oh, yeah, it's got a really steep learning curve. Like, be prepared to be slaughtered until you right. learn how to play, you know. So I would say if you have friends that are kind of feeling that way, haven't tried the game yet, invite them into the game and take them under your wing. Yeah. Like you know, go gentle with them, maybe bring them into a custom game or, or into a terrorist hunt first or whatever, and just kind of like go through the ropes with them. And then when you get into your first PVP match, just, you know, 
be gentle and say, you know, like, okay, put up your reinforcements here and here and, you know, maybe guide them toward the players that are a little easier for a beginner to pick up. Like, you know, Rook, I mean, just drop your armor, you know, you don't have to do anything too fancy with that gadget or, you know, sledge. Yeah. You knock holes and things, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and so just be gentle on them. And then for the people that are out there in the community that maybe it's not your friends that are joining, but, it, but you know that like, Oh, this guy just doesn't know what he's doing. You know, again, these could be players that could stick with the game for a few years, but if they try that free weekend and people are just total jerks to them and walking all over them and like, I mean, they're going to get stomped by the enemy team, but if they're getting just like TK and just trash talked by their own people, cause they don't know what they're doing. Then that guy that could have maybe played the game for a few years and been a, a handy teammate, you know, six months down the road, he just won't pick up the game again. Right. So, stuff to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So this also with the new season means that this week is going to be the final week of the test server because right. they had done that for two weeks. This test server used to be a two week period and now they've expanded it uh, as of was it last season or the season. I before? think it was last season. Yeah. OK. To a three week uh, test yep. server period. And, and it seems like that's going to be the way they're going the new to thing. go. Yeah, it seems like. Um so, you know, they've kind of worked out the bugs and kinks as much as they can. They haven't changed anything too drastically as far as the new operators go or right. the um, the new map. So just kind of think Clash bounty is now over, too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a new clash glitch and they fixed it. So hopefully mm -hmm. that means there won't be a fourth clash, you know, like operator removal. Um, but, but will be. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um. But I think a lot of people have been expressing some dismay that the test server, it's good to use it when you're going into the new season to find any new bugs that have cropped up and to check the balancing of the new operators. Like for sure, those things are good to do. Um, and there's definitely value there. But other people are saying, you know, why don't we use the test server maybe more than just before the season is about to go live? Why don't we use the test server at other off times, you know, in those other, you know, so every three months is a new season. So in those other two months, when it's not really when it's kind of sitting um, because when it's not being used, they disable it. Right. So, you know, when you have like those two month periods where maybe it's not being used, maybe they'll fire it up to test out like a new feature and then it'll go away again. But it's really disabled for the most part. Um, people are saying, why don't why don't they just start using the test server to do some more experimental stuff, some wild and crazy things? Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I, you know, I, I think that that's a great idea. Um, you have this tool, right? So you, you have your base game and you have this tool that you can go in and basically they can set it up so you can try anything. You know, so especially like think about all of the different modes, um, all the different arcade things that they're going to come up with. You mean um, the uh, arcade event playlist that they're yeah. going to do? Yeah. So think about like what sort of things can they do um, in between patches, um, in between seasons um, with, you know, different kind of arcade games or like different um, weapon recoils or um you know, damage drop off and stuff like that. Why not practice like figuring that stuff out on the test server, get feedback from the actual people that are playing this game all the time, you know, make it something that it's open, 
maybe not all the time, but more than just like three weeks per season and just just open it up so that people can like try new things um, and keep coming up with new things. And if people don't like it, you know, trash it. But if, if it's something that people are enjoying, find a way to slowly implement that into the game. Like you have this tool that you could be using to make things so much better. And a lot of people are saying that, you know, like pretty much what you were just saying there is like, you know, you've got this ability to create an environment where we can try different things, but they're only using it to test either what is immediately going to be coming live or what they're thinking about rolling out very soon. Like, so right. some other examples that were like non-season related were like when they use the test server to test out uh, the weapon site misalignment. Right. And so they check that out or the uh, they tried a, a new recoil distribution system. So they had some things that were non-season dependent that they fired up the test server to try out. Yeah. And I think the community appreciated that when it happened. But For it's sure. almost like they're really even then they're really only testing out things that they intend to see if it's ready to go live. And it's like, well, OK, but why not try out some other things that are just a little off the wall as far as, you know, like, I don't know, you know, shotguns. Well, what if we just take all the shotguns and and I'm just making this up, right? I'm not saying this yeah. is a good idea. But what if we took all the shotguns and we gave them all 40 percent more ammo so that you can. Uh, open up more holes and walls as defenders and modify sites. Uh, what what would that do? And there's like, let's just go crazy with that. We're not saying it's going to come live to the game, but we're just going to try to see what, how, how does that, how does that change site defense? Right. You know, or um, like, I guess maybe still being stuck in shotgun land. Uh, you know, what happens if we make the damage fall off 50% more than what it is now? You know, does that make shotguns a little bit more deadly without making them too OP? And we're just we're just going to test it out. We're not saying that's what we're going to do. We're just going to test it out and see what happens. Um, and I'm going to stop using shotguns now because I don't want to make it sound like that's all I'm concerned about. But, you Lee, know, just doing. Do you have a problem with shotguns? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So here's the thing is that <laughs> shotguns used to be too strong. And right. then they they gave them kind of a system wide nerf and then they kind of got bad. And now nobody takes shotguns. Uh, well, I shouldn't say nobody. You got You got to be very careful about your nobody. Everybody statements. But like overwhelmingly SMGs are picked and shotguns aren't. And part of the reason for that is that they don't they don't have the ammo capacity to be used as effectively as a tool, uh, because then you wind up spending most of your rounds using them as a tool as opposed to a weapon. Right. And then you don't have the lethality to, yeah yeah it's like if they're if they're more than 20 feet away from you you're almost better off pulling out your pistol you yep. know so i don't know that's a whole other side argument but like test these things out yeah for sure absolutely and uh some other people have asked a question about the test server too is like give people incentive to play it the test server i mean because um it's only available on pc and that which is a whole other concept like console players right. are like give us a test server like other games uh, do test servers that are available for console, but Siege right. just doesn't. But, you know, so some people are asking for that. Other people are saying, give us incentive to play that. Maybe if we log X amount of hours on the test server, then that earns us a cool skin in the live game on our other, on our main account. Or, you know, I don't know, 
rainbow credits or, or renown or, you know, get, like give us some incentives so that we can get in there and you can have more data points because now you have more people playing and you're getting more return on what it is you're testing. Right. So I think that'd be a great idea. I'm all for it. Maybe also maybe if we were able to, you know, consistently use the test server, we wouldn't have these problems um, like, double nerfing someone uh you know one month after the next like they did to ella oh um, yes ella is a very hot topic on the test server uh subreddit and forum right now i don't think i've seen so many salty people and i you know what i'm i don't play ella a lot but i'm also one of them i think it is kind of ridiculous um you know last what was it last month they just nerfed her shotgun yep um and they just came out with a new recoil nerf. Um, and I saw, you know, I saw a bunch of footage of what it used to be and what it is now. And it is significantly different. Are you talking um, the SMG or the shotgun? The SMG. Mm, yeah. It is. It is ridiculous. It is crazy. Um, and I mean, yeah, there are a lot of people that are pissed off. And I mean, it makes sense. Like it, it, it seems like as of late. Um, and when I say as of late, I mean all the time, essentially, <laughs> it seems, <laughs> it seems like they just, when, when it comes to nerfs or buffs, it's in, instead of like a gradual, let's just do a little bit and see what happens. It's like, let's just overdo this. Oh no, we overdid it. Let's back it up a little bit. Oh no, we backed it up too much. N now what do we do? Right. And I, you know, uh, what do you, what do you think about this? Well, so when you look at, I mean, Ella as an operator, when she first came out, she was way OP oh, uh, and I'm not talking about her gadget. So I'm just, this is really her SMG. We're talking about the scorpion had a 50 round capacity, like a P90 50 rounds, 50 rounds. And it was like a laser beam. It was so accurate. So you had no need to reload and you were super accurate. So overpowered and then they fiddled with it they brought it down from a 50 round mag to a 40 round 40. mag, which yep. i think is still kind of generous but you know okay um and then they did other things they, like her recoil pattern went from being laser accurate to then being like super i think it was horizontal it was yep. like over horizontal or was it over i think it was horizontal um and and then it started vertical and then it goes horizontal and then they made it so that it was it was like really accurate again in the last change they did to her like they made her smg viable again but then right. people are like it's too viable and then and now in the test server it's like it's like almost rng where like it's just like i don't know where these bullets are gonna because what they did with her right. in this last uh what season are we in right now four no, I, I'm trying to remember what the title of the season was called. Uh, uh, the one with Kali and Wamai, where they basically made it so that her SMG had this weird thing. <laughs> I have to laugh when video games do this because it like, makes no sense to me. But the first 16 rounds of her magazine had like way oh. more stable recoil. Right. And yeah. then after that, it went back to the old recoil. It's like what immediately it, after that. It's it's like every 16th round that she loads into her magazine. She's like, now the rest of them are going to be like, crappy bullets like <laughs> these are the 16 bullets that i pick special and clean them just for the recoil right and now everything else is terrible uh, i know it's just it's a video game whatever <laughs> but it just it always makes me laugh a little bit when, oh, when games sure. do that call of sure. duty does that all the time 
Uh, uh, we don't have to talk about that game. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I defiled the podcast by mentioning Call of Duty. But um, <sighs> Sorry, guys. We're done. See you. Okay. Uh, you have to go wash your mulzo with soap or something. So, <laughs> Good night. <laughs> the... Uh, but then they made that change. Right. And then people yep. were like, oh, so like it's only 16 shots, but that's plenty of rounds to kill somebody with. And now she's she's too godly again. And so now in the test server, it's gone back to now. It's just like it doesn't matter. You just better hope one of those bullets hit because the recoil patterns all over the place. And it's like unless yep. you're point blank, uh, it's terrible again. And so they're they're sitting on this edge between making Ella like godly or terrible, godly or terrible. And like with the shotgun. The shotgun was so good and now they made the change and now it's so bad because like unless you like take one shot, pause, one, two, second shot, pause, one, two, third shot, unless you're using it like that, if you're like firing it quickly, that recoil drives you up into the ceiling now. It used to be yep. really good. It had short range, mm-hmm. but like up close, you could do some damage. Now I've been in situations using Ella's shotgun where like people drop down. Um, I'll use perfect examples. Oregon hatch. Right. They drop, they pop the hatch and like three attackers pop down right in there and you're yep. sitting in washroom. I'm carrying, I'm speaking of the current Oregon, not the test server, right. new Oregon. Right, right. Um, and I'm sitting in laundry room and three attackers drop down and I, I, I ADS, I'm not hip firing, I ADS with Ella's shotgun and like I managed to hit one of them and the recoil is just so all over the place. The other two attackers just turn and fire on me because even though I had the drop on them, even though they're like 10 feet away, they've nerfed that shotgun so hard. I can't control what I'm hitting anymore. Cause it's, it's a situation where there's three guys. You gotta go boom, 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 as fast right. as you can. I can't hit Absolutely. anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Excuse me as I got a little passionate there, but, um, <laughs> and that's not even touching her gadget, which they've also gone right. back and forth on making changes. And a lot of people are upset about the changes they did with her gadget. I think Ubisoft winds up putting themselves into positions where they will make changes. As you said, they'll, oh, this isn't working, so we're going to change it. Oh, we went too far. Now we're going to go two steps backward. It's like, well, if going two steps forward didn't work, you don't need to go two steps backward. Why don't you just make these more subtle changes and just see how that, okay, that that was a good one. That that brought it a little bit more in line. Now let's make this other change, and that, okay, that brings it a little bit more in line. Like what's one stat that I've never seen them mess with on Ella's gun or pretty much anybody's gun, come to think of it for nerfs? Rate of fire. Right. I slow the rate of fire down a little bit, but they've I've never seen them change that stat. I don't know. Maybe they have somewhere and I'm just not thinking about it, but not I not thinking about it, right? I don't remember them ever doing that to any gun. Um, another example is Twitch's gun, her F2, right? They they were like, Oh, Twitch is so overpicked, so we're gonna do these nerfs to her drone and these nerfs to her uh F2. Um, and it's like, well, you know, part of the problem of Twitch's gun is that it's accurate but also that it fires really quickly and is controllable. Really quickly. So you've already taken a few bullets out of her magazine. You've given her not one, but two recoil nerfs. You know, it's like maybe instead of going after the recoil, you give her one recoil nerf and you slow her rate of fire down just a little bit. Right. You know, a rate of fire can really do a lot because the F2 doesn't have godly damage. It's actually somewhat low damage assault rifle compared to some other values. But because it's so quick firing, it puts out a lot of those lower damage bullets very quickly. <laughs> right. And if you change that rate of fire, you can change the time to kill when you're engaging an operator. And I've never really seen them mess with that value. But it kind of goes back to the point I was saying of just make these little changes. See how that impacts it. 
you know, rather than going dialing it up to level 11, you know, right. just, you know, maybe just put it up to, you know, four points on the meter of, of what you're changing and impacting and just see how that goes. Well, and once again, this is also why it would be a great thing for them to keep the test server open more than three works, three weeks per season. And in this you case, know. the test server may have actually been good for that because uh, uh, so many people are rebelling against this Ella change that they've put on this test server. Right. That maybe when it comes out next week, they'll be like, mm, OK, we that didn't go so well. Maybe we will make a change. But so far, they haven't said that they'll do anything about it. So I don't know. Right. No, for sure. But I'd like to see them maybe evaluate things a little bit more consistently in the future rather than just doubling down and not just Ella, but any operator. If you're going to make a change, you know, rather than go too far, then have to take a couple of steps backwards. Just, I don't know, be more measured about the changes. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. So speaking of changes, we also have a huge one coming to the game that is going to affect. I, I mean, it says the prep phase, but honestly, it's I think it's going to affect the game as a whole. Once you look at all the components, there's three components that come to this. Right. Uh, so, again, this is just the prep phase changes. Two of them we already know about because they're coming right now, you know, with Void Edge. Uh, and then one of them has been teased and kind of explained, but we don't know when it's coming and what the details will be, but the devs have said it. So let's start with the first two that we know are coming. Uh, and again, these are all prep phase altering mechanics, right? So now uh, the drone spawns will spawn near where you've chosen to spawn is where the drone will spawn near to instead of getting a random drone location. Right. So that affects prep phase. Um, so that means that you can influence where you're going to go into the building and you're going to be prepared for that right away. And if there's a certain site you want to go to, you'll already be able to place your drone by picking the spawn in close proximity to line yourself up for that. Right. Right. Um, then another thing they're doing is they're changing the drone mechanics. Uh, they already did this with advanced drone deployment, which is a feature that you could go into the menus and turn on so that essentially when you toss the drone out, it wouldn't automatically pull you into the camera. If you enabled this feature, you could toss it out and then you choose when to go into the feature instead of being pulled into it. So that was an advanced drone mechanic that they changed already. But now there's a feature that you can go into the menu and turn on and it will allow you if you enable the feature, you can choose not to enable the feature. But if you enable it, you can stay on your drone through the prep phase and that will allow you to then, so, you know, like those moments when, like, you, you see that you're being chased by a guy, and he's going after your drone, and you see the timer go three, two, one, and, and like, you're trying to evade, and, you know, like, I just lost my drone because I got pulled off of it because now we're going into the attack phase. So yep. now you'll stay on that drone if you enable this feature, and you will continue to uh, be able to get it into position or uh, dodge and evade or whatever the case may be. So that is a change that is coming to prep phase. Um, and you can stay on that. I mean, right through it. The entire it. time if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so as as the other four people on your team are maybe approaching the building, you can continue to drone out those spawn peekers on the windows or something like that, uh, covering their advance. Um, so, you know, that, that's a cool new feature that's coming. Yeah. Then we got one that was in an interesting video that had been released um, it was called six, what was uh, six decisions that changed rainbow six or something like that. 
Yeah, was something that the title like of that. It? Uh, if you Maybe go on the Ubisoft um, YouTube channel, it's there under their recent Siege videos. And we can also try to post it on the subreddit later, too. Yeah. Um, and so they, they have the dev team, and they're talking about changes that they're going to be bringing to the game. And about 12 minutes into the video, uh, they have the lead game uh dev there and he's talking about so the old creative team has been uh since replaced and there's a new creative team in place that's kind of taken over so Xavier mckee is out and uh i believe his name is leroy is is the the new guy that's on and, and he's the creative director now and he was talking about how initially uh prep phase was intended to be a little bit more than it what it's become but he said due to limitations and i would play this video for you and have a soundbite for it but it's very heavily accented in French and even having closed captioning on to try to follow along with what he's saying, like half the time the closed captioning, like it actually captions the word inaudible because like you can't make sense of the French that's coming out. It but, is it is very difficult to <laughs> understand. But if if you listen to it, you know, loud enough and kind of pay attention, yeah, if to you're words, patient I mean, and you, you pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he says that initially due to limitations, they couldn't do this. But now it's time to take another look at it and change the way this works. And what he said was that the prep phase should be the prep phase where you you take a look and see what the defense is doing. You get the intel and then you prepare. Then he said, and then you can choose your operator so that like basically you're best equipped to go against whatever your intel has uncovered. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that they're they're going to be taking a look at implementing a way where essentially you will drone out and then attack will pick an operator based on what they see. Now, I, I saw that and I was like, what? That sounds like crazy. Yeah. I mean, is it just me? No, I don't like it at all. I do not like it at all. Um, I like the first two ideas, um, but this it's just so part of one thing. So, you know, here's just one situation where this plan already screws this game up. What about Twitch? Twitch's job in the prep phase is to go and take out cameras and gadgets if you're taking that away, if you're taking that away immediately, what is the point? I mean, obviously there's still a point because Twitch's ability or Twitch's gadget is still relevant, but the entire thing for the prep phase was while they were setting their stuff up to be able to take it down. Right. How are, how, you know, if, if, um, you have a mirror and you have a mute and you have a blitz or a bandit doing stuff and mute hasn't put his stuff down, you could shoot a mirror window. You could take out bandits, you know, his gadgets and stuff. But now like they have all the mutes down to block all of the entryways and they just put them so that Twitch can't see them. Okay. Now Twitch is an irrelevant character. What's the point now? Right. That is a really good point. Because you can't just be like, oh, that was practice. Just kidding. Now I'm somebody else. But sorry for your five gadgets that are gone now, you know, or right. three gadgets plus however many I got recharged and could take out after that. Um, so that doesn't work. Or just the three people I shot. But Or is Twitch an operator that you simply can't select during the prep phase? 
Or did they revert Twitch back to how she used to be in that she got a normal drone during the prep phase and then she couldn't deploy her Twitch drone until the until action phase? Later. Right. I mean, that's going way back. That That's a that's a year one <laughs> thing. Um, but I mean, so that brings up a good point, like that mechanic would have to change. And as we build to 100 operators over years and years and years of the intended lifespan of this game, I'm sure Twitch will not remain the only specialized drone operator. Right. I'm sure somebody else at some point will come that will also have a funky drone that can do a cool thing that other drones can't do. So what happens to those? Uh, so if you drone first and then you choose your operator, that's an operator like Twitch or a future operator that functions in a, some kind of a similar way would be significantly impacted by that kind of a thing. Right. So you'd think there'd have to be some kind of mechanic in place to deal with that. Um, but then that also brings up like, okay, so you can choose the ideal team composition to deal with whatever defense is doing. And he said in the video, and again, you can find this for yourself. If you look up that video, the six decisions that made siege 12 minutes into the video, you, you can, you can hear him say it for yourself. So he's laying out that the problem with picking your attacking operator is that you're guessing and you have to hope that your guesses are correct. Right. And this way you'll be able to make like the correct decision for the correct situation. But isn't that exactly what defense is having to do too? Exactly. So so attack gets to modify their setup, but then defense has been setting up. So during the intel phase or the prep phase, uh, it seems like he gives all the advantage to the attackers. Exactly. It's an unfair buff for the attackers and an unfair nerf for the defenders. Right. Unless for some reason... For some reason, he just didn't ploy this. And okay, there's just a drone prep phase and no one's picked any operators. And then here's the objective. And then everyone picks operators and goes from there. But obviously, that's not what they're talking about. No, because that wouldn't work that way either. Because what are you just going to have? What are the defenders going to be doing during the prep phase? If, right. if, if you don't allow any team either side to pick their operators, you know, and then, and then the, the drones get a look at the Intel, but the defenders don't have ways of doing that. It's right. not like they can go on the defender cameras and spot the tech operators that haven't even spawned yet. So <laughs> like, I don't know how you balance this out. And yet he laid it out. Like it was a thing that's going to happen. Now I do want to say that I trust them to a certain extent to make this make sense somehow. Like, I'm sure that they've got some kind of an idea for this that we're just not seeing um, that will work. I don't know if it will necessarily work in a way that we'll, we'll like it. We've seen them bring changes into the game that we haven't liked. Um, and we've seen them bring changes into the game that I was like, ah, I don't know about this. And then I was like, oh, that was actually kind of fun. Um, right. You know, Oryx and Yana are a perfect example of that. Like, I was really mad that he was like some Marvel superhero or Hulk smash walls. But I'm like, it, it is stupid, but. It's also kind of fun, you know, so I mean, I I just I don't know how they're going to execute this in a way that isn't so broken, like right. I can't wrap my brain around it, but they've got to have some kind of plan. So I'm not a fan. One idea I had about this. OK, is that. And this isn't what he's talking about, because it's it's different than how this works. 
but maybe that could be modified somehow, is right now there is a mechanic in the game available only in custom games that has not been brought to the live game. Okay. And that's six pick. Right. You can do a six pick in custom games. Uh, and the, so the way that works, a lot of people probably have not set up a custom game and enabled this feature. Uh, for those that right, have that know what I'm talking about, it's fine. go in and enable it, right? right? It's not just automatically there, right? Right. You have to select this feature and turn it on, and it's only in custom games. You can't find it anywhere else. But sixth pick will essentially allow you to choose your operators on attack, and choose your operators on defense, and then it shows you the enemy team composition. So the attackers see all the defenders. The defenders see all the attackers. And we're just talking about it shows their operator picks, right? So there's the five operator picks, and there's the other five operator picks. And then you can take as a team one of your operators and swap them out to, to deal with the team composition that you're seeing the other team is made of. And the enemy team can also take one of their operators if they want and swap it out to deal with what the attacking team is comprised of. So right. um, even though they can change based on what they see, they can only make one of those five operators be changed. Not all five of them, not even two of them, only one can change. And that change if they make it is hidden from the other team. So say you're like, oh, wow, they've got a mute and a bandit and a Kaid. They're like super, you know, like defended for hard breaching. And we need to we didn't pick a Thatcher. We've got to take a Thatcher now. So we'll make that change. But then when you make that change, defense doesn't see the new change. They only see the five original ones that are there. Right. And if defense sees you and they're like, oh, they have these other operators, they've got the thermite and the Hibana and the Maverick, they're they're getting in. We need to make whatever other change. Then uh, attack won't see if they swap that one out or not. So what if what he's talking about is some kind of a variation on sixth pick where you drone and then you get that sixth pick option, maybe. Right. What if it's not necessarily the whole team? Now, what he was saying didn't sound like that. It kind of sounded like the whole team based on how he described it. Based on how he said it, yeah, it did. Yeah, but what if it's something like that? Do you think that that would be more fair? I would say that definitely would make it more fair. I would need to see it played out to, to change my opinion. I do think that the sixth pick would make it more fair. Um, but like, it still doesn't deal with the problem that you were describing with Twitch. Well, and, and not, not only that, there there's something to be said about the attackers picking wrong. There were times um, back in the day when we, an, another one of our players that we used to play with that no longer plays with us, uh, Gung Ho, love you. Um, we used to do this this thing, and I can't remember what map it was, um, it was a it was a number of maps. It wasn't any one. But, but basically, any and any time that like on a specific map, like oh, this is the first pick that everyone does. right, like armory on border. Yeah, it's border. Exactly. Everybody takes armory right off the get go. You know what I mean? You would Usually, immediately pick something else and you know do that. Everyone was prepared to go against armory. Right, and you have this completely other objective. And make it, you know, set everything up and the attackers aren't ready for it. They can't get in. That's a that's that's turning. OK, think about it like this. The way things are now, it's a game of chess. OK, 
you're strategically picking stuff and you're trying to outdo each other. Right. This is going to turn chess into checkers. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And again, we don't know all the details of what they're proposing, but so I think that's actually a really solid example. And I didn't, I didn't think of that until you brought it up is that sometimes it's a useful tactic in and of itself to take the second pick site first, because you know, this is the number one site on this map. So knowing this is the number one site, this is how it is most commonly attacked. And Mm -hmm. they're going to expect us to take it because 80% of everybody takes this site first. So let's go to this other site and they're not going to have the right operators to deal with this site. And so we're going to give ourselves the advantage by essentially playing that mind game against them. This removes the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, and as you were saying earlier with the Twitch example, even if it's sixth pick, so what is your Twitch roll around and do all the damage? And then the Twitch changes out to another operator. So all of a sudden Twitch wrecked everything, but now Twitch has been swapped out for a sixth pick. Like, I don't see that working. Exactly. And even if it is sixth pick. If you are saying, if you are saying going back to that sixth pick, if that was a thing, and then it kind of was like old school Twitch where she actually did start with a normal drone. Right. That, I could see that working. But then that's a but huge still, nerf to Twitch. Ex- well, and that's the thing. Right. I just I feel like there is no situation where this pans out to be a benefit. And but then I keep cutting you off. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine because that's what good debate should be is, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, like ideas coming in your head. And we're just two guys talking siege, what we like and what we don't like and what we think. And so that's I'm that's completely fine. But the other thing when it comes to six pick is that six pick is maybe maybe fair as six pick exists right now in custom games because attacks sees defense and defense sees attack and then either can make one pick. And if they do, it's Based hidden. On that. But it's still before the round starts. Right. So under this proposition you can't keep it that way because even though you're seeing the whole other team, the other team is seeing your whole other team too. And both teams can react to the changes that they see with this setup. If you drone first and then change an attacker, whether it's all five of the attackers, which is what Leroy makes it sound like, or whether it's just a six pick kind of a concept where only maybe one person can be changed. Defense doesn't get that, that ability. Right. Because defense can't, they don't have the equivalent of a drone phase. The round's already started by the time they can get on their cameras to see you after you spawned. So there's just no, I cannot conceive of a way in which this is a fair system that's being proposed. Absolutely. I I do, I will say this. I do feel if they do try to implement this, they will get so much better. Because we are, we are not the only two people that think this is total totally ridiculous we can't be (laughs) if if that's if we're the only two people that think this this is ridiculous then we probably should be playing Fortnite or something (laughs) else but uh let me get this open the mouth again (laughs) (laughs) yeah my bad uh but i just feel like if they do try to implement this there's gonna be such backlash in the community that they're going to either shoot themselves in the foot or maybe somehow come up with something cool for attack and defense. But yeah, I don't, I don't see this going well starting off. 
Now, one thing I could see it doing is if it were restricted to a custom mode and it wasn't in the general game, you know, or if it had its own playlist that was separate from casual and ranked. Or, or maybe if they did it the arcade event for a weekend or something. Uh, no, what he was talking about was like was a long we're yeah. changing a core mechanic, not like this right. is going to be a four day event. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I just. But, you know, I've also been shocked at changes that I think we wind up being in the minor- minority of as well, uh, because, you know, you take a look at other things they've done for the game. And I'm I'm shocked that they're not more rebelled against than they are uh, limited map pools, like removing right. access to content. What do you mean you're taking away 40 percent of the maps now? What? Right. And like and then when I get upset about that, I'll have people be like, oh, these are only the best balanced maps. Why would you want to play on house anyway? I don't know, because it's fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, like there, there's a situation where I'm surprised that, you know, I wind up being kind of on the wrong side of the the bigger opinion uh, right. Another one would be removing the the secure area in hostage mode from ranked. And mm-hmm. I was like, why is nobody more upset about this? Like, there's people that are upset about it for sure. But like, you know, all the competitive players and all the, the streamers and the loud vocal voices that drive opinion in the game are like, no, it's great. It's fantastic. You're wrong if you disagree. And it's like, um, OK, but if you wanted to play bomb only in in ranked, you could have just chosen preferences bomb only and you would have right. played bomb only. It yeah. worked <laughs> like, but, but OK, that's 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 a good point. But here's the thing. Um, think about those same the pro league, um, you know, all of those, the YouTubers, um, Twitch streamers, everyone. Do you think that the hardcore gamers are also going to be like, oh, that's a great idea for offense to be able to like drone us out first and then pick, you know, attackers. I wouldn't think so, but I also wouldn't have thought that the community would have been super behind removing two thirds of the game mode from ranked either. That's true. I was surprised that more people weren't upset about that. Um, I I hear you, but I also feel, I, I mean, I feel like that... And maybe I'm completely wrong, too, but I feel like that's kind of comparing um, fruits to vegetables. No, you're right. Like, you're absolutely right. I'm like just saying I've been surprised before. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like there's definitely a difference between um, balanced maps and a prep phase that is giving a significant advantage to attack. And a glaring disadvantage to defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I don't see any way in which it's it's balanced, uh, mm-hmm. which I would think the competitive scene would reject. Exactly. But um, again, maybe they have a way of dealing with this that just we we can't fathom because we haven't seen yet. So I don't know. Like, I'm shaking. I'm so frustrated already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, take your mood stabilizers, and uh, we will <laughs> we'll, we'll de-escalate things a little bit now that we've kind of uh, talked that one around. But I do want to say, though, that the other two changes for the drones, I'm excited about those. I think those are really good changes. Absolutely. Um, being able to... Um, stay in your drone 
you know, if you're just about to get shot and choose to stay in it, I think that is a really cool change. And I like seeing that one. That's really good. I also I do kind of agree with what you were saying uh, earlier about how I feel like that's going to be a really good way to at least have someone be able to map out spawn peaking or, right. you know, you have someone, you know, drone stuff out and then get back to where people are going to start and someone can stay on the drone and just keep going, follow, like if, see if any enemies are coming or kind of keep watch as they get to that position and move from there. Oh, I think it's an amazing idea. Okay. So I'm sorry. This just occurred to me as we're talking, doesn't one system step on the foot of the other? Yeah, because if you can choose to remain on your drone beyond the prep phase, but then they're talking about you can choose your attacker after the prep phase. How do those systems not collide? Right. And again, right. These these are coming now. The ability to stay on the drone beyond prep phase and the ability for your drone to spawn where you've selected to spawn. Those are coming now. This (laughs) other one is not coming yet, but. The lead creative director for the entire game said we couldn't do this before. It was a technical limitation. Now we're taking another look at it. This is what we want to do. So we don't know when, but how do those systems not step on each other's feet? Right. Again, there's got to be pieces to the puzzle we're not seeing. There just has to be. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I didn't even think about that until until you said that. But yeah, that like. Counteracts each other, you'd think I don't I I mean, unless once again, going back to maybe the sixth pick and that one person has X amount of time to pick a different operator and other people are going into the game already and someone can stay on their drone or something. But so it's like prep phase is over. You've got. 10 seconds to make your selection, use it or lose it. And if you didn't use it too bad, but like one person, maybe it like randomly, I don't do there's, there is no way that this makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I know. I hear no! you. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's, let's calm things back down. <laughs> let's calm things back down and um, we can move on to our community Q and a next. Yeah, so I actually, um, I feel like we've gotten some really good feedback. Um, You know, we have uh, our community Q&A post, and we have it pinned on the top, so you don't actually have to go through everything anymore to find it. Well, we've actually had a little confusion with that, and this would be from people that are maybe not as familiar with Reddit. Um, So the way Reddit works is there's filtering. So you can filter by what's hot. In other words, you know, kind of like what what are the trending posts? What has the most activity? Those are considered what's hot. And then there's also filter by what's new. So if you go onto our page and you have filtering set to what's new, you will not see the pinned posts because those are the new posts. Uh, but if you have it set to um, like hot, they will still show up because they're pinned. I kind of yeah. feel like pinned should show up regardless of what your filtering is, but that's just the way it's. It works. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, if you're, if you're looking for the community Q and a thread and we're saying it's pinned at the top of the page, you're like, I don't see it. Check your filtering. It's probably set to new. Yeah. 
So yeah, I feel like people have really um, appreciated us being able to pick some of their questions and kind of discuss it. Um, so uh, I went through and I, I uh, picked two different ones. Um, and actually, I know I have A and B, but I think I'm going to start with B because I actually, I feel like this is a good one um, for you to kind of explain Um just with uh, everything. But uh, so this question is from S.E. Spider, um, and he wants to know, how do you control recoil on Xbox and PlayStation? Um, with so many guns available, I always struggle with this. I do too. Um, even with Glas and DMRs. Uh, and he says he's not a PC gamer, but he understands it's a lot easier when you're using a mouse. Um, he's attempted to... Uh, up his controller sensitivity, um, but it just made things worse. So for people who, and I mean, I had this problem too in the beginning, um, and you kind of talked me through a couple of things um, with attachments in different settings. So I feel like this would be a good uh, one for you to kind of explain for people. Okay. Well, uh, my tips for this are, first of all, using a controller is not easy. It's not an easy way to play the game. Uh, if you, so on PC, you can use the, uh, an Xbox controller plugged into your PC and you can play with a controller on PC and you will see how easily you are, um, outmaneuvered in outgunned by people using mouse and keyboard, uh, because it's just so much harder to control that recoil with your thumb than it is to control it by just moving your arm up and down. Like one is right. infinitely easier to control than the other. So for people that are actually really good at controlling recoil and controller, they've actually done something that is a lot harder to do. Um, you know, so props to those guys. Uh, there's no really great easy answer because because it's never it's it's an apples oranges comparison. Um, right. But what you can do is aim train helps a lot. So uh, one way to do this is take somebody with a semi-automatic gun or set your gun, set your fire rate to semi-auto and go into terrorist hunt and just routinely run through terrorist hunts and just always try to be one tapping the head. Don't depend on your automatic fire. So even if you're using an LMG, uh, you can't set that fire rate typically to anything but automatic, but try to one tap, you know, as close as you can. If it fires off a couple rounds, you know, just keep your burst very small and short. Um, so just get used to doing the most impact with a single shot, because if you depend on your spray to kind of make up for your aim, you're always going to be working at a deficiency by going for that headshot. You're also training yourself to go for that most vulnerable because I mean, it's a one one headshot, one kill game, right? Right. So uh, you're also training yourself to to increase not only your accuracy, but your lethality. So if you can get that down, you're, you're training your position to also be um, at a higher aim point because I, I don't know why I, I do it, too. But I don't know why. But console gamers have a tendency to tilt their view down a little bit as they run around. Right. I do it, too. Like I, I yep. go back and watch my clips and I'm like, yeah, I, I also do this. I don't know why. And mouse and keyboard players tend to not do that. Right. I I really don't know why. At first, I thought I did it because I was like always kind of like looking out for drones. So my view was tilted down a little bit or whatever. And I was like, no, that's I don't think that's it. And everybody else seems to do it, too. But uh, so if you train yourself to go for the headshots, you're going to train your aim point higher, uh, which is where you want to be, because that's the, the lethal kill zone. 
Um, other things you can do is make sure that you've got the right attachments on the right guns. If you are have if you are struggling with accuracy, maybe don't put that angled foregrip on there. Maybe instead go for that vertical foregrip because right. you know that angled foregrip does give you that faster snap to ADS time. But if you're having trouble controlling your recoil, maybe what you need is the more stable function that the vertical foregrip gives you. Uh, likewise, and that doesn't say sorry. That doesn't say that you don't have to that you have to stay with that. Start with that, and once you feel more comfortable, you can always switch back. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you're going in like those semi-auto modes, have the right attachment to support that. Have that muzzle brake on there. Muzzle brake doesn't work for automatic fire modes, but if right. you're if you're in semi-auto. Uh, even if you have an automatic gun you've set to semi-auto, having a muzzle brake on there is it's going to make a noticeable difference in your recentering time and your accuracy. Um, and for your other, you know, attachments, same thing. Uh, if your shots are all over the place, maybe try a recoil compensator. You know, maybe that'll help you out. Um, also, maybe maybe if you're running around with a suppressor, suppressor can sometimes do weird things to recoil patterns. You know, right. uh, another thing is the site that you're using you may struggle and i know captain you know what i'm talking about with this because i remember when you were new to the game you would often rail against doing this yourself and i, I would hear you on chat but mm -hmm. maybe don't always have an acog on there yep. maybe you're so zoomed in that you're having a hard time tracking what's going on around you because you're not used to being that dialed in yet maybe have that, that wider game changer for me yeah maybe have that wider field of view using uh, a reflex or a holographic site uh, because yeah, you're not as zoomed in, but you can also, you have more higher situational awareness. Um, I I'd see this on your kill cams all the time where you'd be so zoomed in and then like somebody would run across and you'd be like, wait, what? And like, you couldn't follow it cause you weren't used yep. to it yet. You know? I mean, sometimes it still happens. I still fall into that from time to time, but I've gotten significantly better. Right. There are some guns in the game. Some operators have some interesting guns that have alternate fire modes that maybe you've not considered using, too. Uh, so you could I, I don't know off the top of my head which ones all have it, but there's a wide variety of operators that have full auto, semi auto and then three round burst. Yep. So maybe firing your gun in three round burst mode helps you put a group of three bullets and then it's for every trigger pull. You just set out a new group of three and maybe that splits the difference for you. Um, Thatcher's gun, his AR 33 actually has a two round burst, which is super right. unique. Um, so you're just essentially double tapping with every trigger pull, uh, and your recenter time in those modes is going to be a lot faster to recenter as opposed to just sort of spraying everywhere. The last tip that I would have is going to be starting with your sensitivity. Uh, and, and spider said like he attempted to up his controller sensitivity, but it just made things worse. Go to as high as you can with it. And then when, when you notice you're struggling, back off just a bit. Yep. Get used to that point, right? Then when you're comfortable with that point, maybe you increase it five points on the sensitivity or, or 10 if you can get away with it. Get used to that point. Then increase it five or 10 more and just kind of take those little steps up. Like don't push so far that you can't control it. But also maybe don't sit on the slow end of the spectrum and just stay stuck there either. Like once you're comfortable, push it a little bit. Yep. Get comfortable with that. Push it a little bit. Get comfortable with that, you know, and just sort of up it that way. I would also recommend having 
different speeds for sensitivity on your uh, horizontal and vertical versus your ADS horizontal and vertical because um, that creates the ability for you to rotate and move quickly versus, okay, now I'm ADS'd and zoomed in. Now I have more fine point control, which is more critical on a controller than it is on a, on a PC because on a PC, you can do little arm movements versus big arm movements. And on a controller, you can't really do that. Right. Um, and then I suppose if you wanted to, one could always get... Um, uh, I I don't use these, uh, what are they called? Like control freaks or control grips or whatever. They're, oh, yeah. They're basically like little pads you can put on top of your joysticks that will increase the height of them. And the, the process behind that is that the the taller the, the joystick is, uh, the smaller movements you have to do with your thumb to get the same amount of articulation. Right. Um, and if you have an Xbox Elite controller, they also have swappable magnetic uh, joysticks that are some are short and some are tall. So again, having those tall heads, like maybe you have a short one on the movement, but a longer one on the aim, and then you can do a little, little bit more fine point with that longer extension. Hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm just going to chime in and add one more thing. Um, you know, kind of in addition to all this, um, I've also found because these are these are actually all tips that uh, Ice gave me too, um, and the way I implemented it, instead of just going into like casual or into ranked, I spent hours playing Terrace Hunt. You know, because that's that's I mean, because we don't have a gun range, that's the best place to test all that stuff out just to kind of get the feel um, without actually having to go in and, you know, screw up your KD or, you know, if if you care about that kind of thing, if you don't, whatever. But Terrorist Hunt, you know, is still a viable place to go in practice changes. Um, so, yeah, I would I would take Ice's advice um, and just uh, do that. Um, so let's quickly go into uh, our last question for uh, this episode. Um, Mad Hatted Malice um, wrote in with this. With the announcement of the arcade playlist, um, I'm holding on to hope that we may still someday get a version of tactical realism with matchmaking. How do you guys feel this could work in an online environment? I have my own ideas, but would like some outside opinions. Mm. And I know you and I have talked not not in, you know, this podcast, but just like while playing have talked about kind of a tactical realism sort of thing. Um, so I feel like this is actually a really interesting question. So what what do you think? Tactical realism is an interesting leftover from year one where uh they when the game first came out in part of their year one roadmap they had promised that they would be adding new game modes and yep. that never really materialized into anything the only one that came out of it was tactical realism and it's only available in custom games you can go set up a custom game and play tactical realism right now i really don't know too many people that ever have uh most people don't uh but it's like you know super minimal HUD. Nobody mm -hmm. has like friendly outlines. So when you see a guy run in front of you, you don't have that white outline. And I don't even think there's a game uh, gamer pick ID or whatever floating above their head. Like uh, maybe there is, I don't know, but like, like you have to visually ID 
the character model in front of you is if it's friendly or if it's hostile. Like you don't have those like, you know, tools to kind of help you tell, um, mm-hmm. you know, like there's there's tactical reloads. So when you reload, if you if you've only fired off if 10 rounds in your magazine and then you put in a new mag, you've lost that 20 or it, 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 actually I think it winds up being like a partially spent cartridge that you'll get back later on or something like that. Right, right. Um, so that you'll have like a bunch of crappy reloads at, at later at the very end. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's a mode that hasn't gotten a lot of life because it was sort of treated as an afterthought by them of like, Oh, we said we were going to do new game modes and we didn't. So let's do this, but it's only in custom games and we never brought it to the wider game. Uh, it's a brutal mode. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, it is exactly what it is though. It's super realistic. Exactly. Um, in order to bring matchmaking to it, you would have to restore. And this shows how long I've been playing the game. Uh, you would have to restore server browsers. Server browsers were something that was around in year one for custom games. Uh, And not just on PC, it was available on console too. You could set up a custom game and uh, then you could uh, basically be discoverable. You could set it to public or private and people could discover your playlist and they could jump into it if they were using their server browsers. It was a way to find custom games and join them. Uh, and it was a great feature. Then they removed it. They removed it for two reasons. Reason one being the introduction of alpha packs. Uh, and what alpha packs did was basically they wanted people playing for renown to support their new alpha pack system and people playing custom games are not generating renown are not supporting the new alpha pack system at the time it was new. Um, so that was something that was just, they didn't come out and say this, of course, But, you know, like it was very obviously that, you know, it was kind of like custom games weren't meshing well with this intended mechanic they were about to come out with. And Mm -hmm. it was dropped right around that time. Another thing that they did was that they stepped away from having it uh, because in order to be on a server browser, it needed to be peer to peer connection. So your local Xbox or your local PlayStation or your local PC was hosting the lobby. Right. Right. And so what they did was they said that, um, well, we want it to be as competitive as possible. So there's always host advantage for ping rates. Like if you're the host, you're always going to have kind of like that, that little advantage on ping and that's unfair. So we're going to do dedicated servers for custom games only, which is why if you set up a custom game right now and then you bail on it, you get an abandoned penalty and you can't create a new one for 10 minutes. Because like they don't want you spamming their dedicated servers and wasting their 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 server space, um, so you would need to go back to peer to peer, and have it not be dedicated server only in order to restore server browser functionality for matchmaking, uh, for any kind of a custom game variation, which is where tactical realism now lives. If you wanted it to be in the general matchmaking pool, it wouldn't be able to be part of casual. It wouldn't be able to be part of ranked. It would have to be its own playlist like unranked or something like that where it'd be its own specific mode um that would be interesting i don't know how many people would play it because again a lot of people are very unfamiliar with it and it is cool but brutal it's an even it's an even steeper learning curve than the actual game itself yes yes it's it's brutal there's no way around it 
So I don't know if it would be well received in the general matchmaking pool, but I would love to see server browsers get reinstated with, and that would probably require return to peer to peer. Um, but I think you could still support peer to peer while doing dedicated and just have a choice. And then sure. if you wanted to play on peer to peer servers, like, okay, yeah, there's host advantage, but you can browse custom games and you can join custom games, you know, whatever. Um, I think that would be the place where tactical realism would probably live best with some kind of matchmaking. Yeah, definitely. Um, but okay. Just a, a little bit more and then we'll move on. Take that part away. And what do you think about just playing tactical realism in general? Um, I mean, it's kind of not for me personally. Okay. I struggle with the tactical reloads. They're a little rough for me. Uh, I'm just, and, and it's like my own bad habit. I'm just so used to reloading. Oh, same, after here. same here. You make fun of me for that all the time. You're like, Dan, why are you reloading? You shot twice. Like, I don't know. No one's around me. Well, and I do it too. Maybe, maybe I do it less, but I do it too. <laughs> and it's just, that was always a little hard for me to kind of like, I, I tried tactical realism a few times. It's like, ah, it just, breaks my brain i can't get used to this and i, I imagine <laughs> if i played it often enough i would yeah you know, but um i don't know i wouldn't be against it i just don't know how much i would play it personally right right i think i think it would be really interesting um i think it would be one of those things that you definitely would need and I think so I, I responded to this in the in the Reddit and, you know, the big thing that I was kind of talking about is communication. Um, so just in general, I feel like this would be a really good lesson on communication. Mm, yeah. um, it w- you know, it, it would force you to learn map knowledge. It would force you to do better callouts, you know, not being able to ping defenders um, or attackers. You would actually have to say, you know, uh, Rook is running down south spiral stairs or something. Um, he is in between second and third floor um, looking through skylight. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have to actually give that information or, you know, whatever. So I just, you know, as as difficult as it would be, I think it would be a really good learning tool. Um, but yeah, I also I think that I would probably try to play it a couple of times and then be like, this is this is too real. <laughs> give give me the space operators again. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad it's there. I, I like that it's there. I I just I don't know how much it is for me personally, but like yeah, I don't think the game should be built for any one person. Oh, absolutely. You know? So for those people that love it, I'm glad it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and may, I mean, uh, Mad Hat and Malice. I don't know if you knew that uh, you could do tactical realism in a custom game. Um, if I'm you assuming didn't, you did. You know? I'm assuming well, you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's there if you ever can find enough people to do a custom. But um, yeah, so those are our two questions for the community Q&A. Uh, next week, we'll uh, try to pick a couple more. Um, and we got one last thing to talk about uh, before we end tonight. Um, and it's kind of just this idea I've been 
mustering a little bit, I guess. Um, and I kind of put some seeds out in the in the Reddit today. Um, so Icy Cat and I uh, are both Xbox players, um, and I, you know, would think that down the road, um, if we can find enough people. Uh, it would be kind of cool to maybe sometime, maybe this summer or fall, uh, if we can find enough people to do a um, day of like some custom games where uh, you guys can, from the community, can actually come and play with me and Icy Cat. They have um, like uh, Rainbow Six Radio tournaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, team Cat Dan and uh, Team Icy Cat. Very or cool. you know, if 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 we can only find a handful of people, we could uh, you know get a icy cat and friends against the community. And I will say that because we do play on Xbox, uh, you know, anybody that wants to uh, throw their—it's too bad we can only pin two topics because it would almost be uh-huh. nice to have a third thread pinned for this. But right, um, you know, if anybody out there wants to uh, throw out their Xbox gamer tag, you know. I mean, you know, just just get to know us a little bit. That's what we're all on there for. We're on there for community, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, if you want to play with us sometime, throw out your gamer tag, uh, get to know us a little bit, and maybe you know, maybe we'll we'll add you and we can play sometime and hang out. It doesn't have to be just some kind of special tournament. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that has been our our topics for this week's episode. It's been a lot to get into, a lot of fiery, opinionated uh, discussions, and it was <laughs> very cool. Uh, next week we are going to have a special guest on. Um, and I can't wait for you to, uh, meet him. He will be on next week. So those of you that have been following us, please look forward to that. And if you are listening to the podcast, maybe for the first time, or maybe you've just haven't made a commitment yet. If you want to go ahead and give us that follow and just stay with us as we go through our topics every week, we look forward to having you on. So until next time, this is Icy Cat and Captain. We will see you later. This has been Rainbow Six Radio. Be sure to tune in next time for even more Rainbow Six talk, news, and information.